This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Etihad was rocking in the end against Leipzig on Tuesday night, a result which confirmed City as group winners in the Champions League. It's another tough test though this weekend as Tottenham Hotspur travel to East Manchester. That's where our attention will be turning today. It's Thursday the 30th of November. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. Hello guys, I'm Alex Mansuri. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome, 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 Alex. Um, funny, actually, we had another Alex on yesterday, a brand new Alex from the States. You're certainly not from America, but it's an no. absolute pleasure to have you with us. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Very excited. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, here, absolutely. We've got, I mean, it's been a bit of a hectic week starting at that Liverpool game, going into Leipzig and now going into Tottenham. Um I guess we'll get sort of we'll start today's show off just by rounding up what went down at the Etihad on Tuesday. Because if you haven't already, do go back and listen to yesterday's episode. We reviewed the game in as much detail as possible, but obviously in thirty-minute segments, we can't all go into it. Um, uh, can't we can't go into it all? So we're going to pick that right up again today. Alex, um, <laughs> talk me through that game. What did you make of it? Because it was it was a bit of a crazy contest, and then yeah, it was an enjoyable game in the end, but it started off pretty poorly. Um, you know, it is every single time we go into games now, I'm always looking on the left hand side now, see whether we're going to start Grealish or Doku. And mm. I think from then, it's when I really make a, a judgment as to how the game is going to go. Um, I feel like when we start Grealish, it's more about control. We want more of the control of the game. We don't really want to attack the game as much. We don't want to cause as much terror. We really just want to control it, calm things down, and play the game how we want to play it. Um, but I think yesterday we were sloppy. We're very, I don't know, I want to say tired, but it's like we're kind of mm. relaxed, you know. Under, underwhelming, undermining our opponents, and they showed us. And I'm pretty sure the second half, 
Pep really gave us a Pep really gave our players a grilling. I know I know he did because when we came out, when we started, it was perfect. I loved it. Um, Phil Ford and Rico Lewis, of course, I'm always going to bring them to up because they're always my favourites when they start. They played fantastic yesterday. I love seeing Phil Ford. It's like he's playing about this chip on his shoulder anymore. It's like he's having fun. He's just like, you know what? Give me the ball any position. I'll just take on and do what I need to do. Um, of course, our main guy, Julian Alvarez, who I absolutely adore, comes on and just he just changed the whole mood. I think when he came on, that's when the whole mood is like, all right, cool. Alvarez is on the pitch now. Now let's play our game. But apart from that, yeah, 3-2 win. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, what an impact you're making, Alex. You don't need to tell us about how good uh, Rico Lewis and, and Phil Foden are. I mean, we've got, I think I'm pretty sure in saying every single listener, especially Rico Lewis, I know Foden's had a, uh, I'm not going to say split opinion, but he's getting to that stage now where people are sort of expecting the next step. But Rico Lewis, I mean, Ollie, I'll bring you in on this. So you, uh, you might you might be head of the Rico Lewis fan club, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you don't need any invitation to speak about him. It was another sort of one of those performances where I think we'll look back at the end of the season and go, yeah, this is this is just, th- he's a guy. He, do you know what? I'm, I'll tell you what, before you get into it, I'm getting that sort of feeling that when I first watched Phil Foden as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, when he was starting to get those minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it feels like that for me. Um, Ollie, what did you make of his performance against Leipzig? Yeah, well, I mean, just to kind of, start I think the the fact that Rico Lewis has now made what four consecutive starts in the Champions League for a Pep Guardiola team pretty much all in midfield says everything about him you know who who has done that for Pep Guardiola you know ever really it's so it's so rare that he puts so much trust in such a young player so for me you know anyone who wants to come at him with any sort of criticism I just think well if Pep Guardiola's thinking he's worthy enough of a consistent starting place in his midfield then I don't think anyone can really complain about that. On to Phil Foden. I mean, this this is this is now a kid. He's not, he's not a young kid anymore. He's he's a senior member of the team. He's been in the in and around the first team for what six seven years now. He knows the drill. He knows what he's not. He knows what to expect. And we can start being a little bit more critical of his performances, uh, like a lot of us were about his performance in the Liverpool game. But he stepped up. You know, he's shown his class. I put a tweet after the game saying, "I don't know why any anyone doubts Foden. He's." For my money, the most gifted and talented footballer England's ever had. Um, I say that with no kind of exaggeration intended at all. I think he absolutely is. And it's just those little moments, you know, we, all this season, I think we've all kind of waited for him to have that little extra composure in the box. And we just saw it there with three moments last night. One goal, two assists, turned the game on its head for us. He's just a magnificent footballer who I don't think anyone can not find joy in watching at times. Just on on his day, which is most of the time, he's a magnificent player to watch. Um, but the Etihad loves a three-two comeback win, doesn't it? Um, we're getting really quite good at them. You know, as much as as much as the stakes were far far lower than some of the more recent ones, it's still or it makes a win feel a little bit better when it is a comeback win. Um, you know, because you just you. Know, I think we all came out that first half thinking, what the have we just watched here genuinely what have we just watched watch it you know I think Sam Lee called it one of the worst halves of the Guardiola era I don't think he's wrong in saying that um so to turn it around pretty much like that and you know going back to some kind of reliable players you know if Pep is starting to find the players he can consistently rely on, which are, you know, Phil Foden, Julian Alvarez, Rico Lewis, I think is one of them, especially in this competition. But Nathan Ake as well, you know, we were saying before the game, Guardiola Ake, he's a, it's more, it's less of a toss-up than it used to be. I think he, even just a, three or four weeks ago, he's becoming that sort of solid solidity in defence, especially, you know, if, if Ruben Diaz is going to continue wobbles like that, then he's kind of almost assured starting place. May not look so sh- so assured, but um, 
really, really good from Pep in the second half. I think I think that's just the sign of great coaching. You know, he knew who to bring on, who would change the rhythm, who would. Who, and he made that point about Doku. You know, Doku came on, changed the rhythm of the game. Um, and he's made that mistake with Doku a couple of times this season. I think I look look back at the Chelsea game, but you know, Pep did a great job last night. The players who came on did a great job. You can't really complain about much in that second half, but that first half was. Um, there's some warning signs there. If that if, if, if that sort of appearance, if that sort of performance appears again this season in a much much bigger game, then there could be trouble. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, nicely put, and I think it sort of rounds off that game quite nicely. Nathan Ake, I mean, he's he's a guy who, who's getting his flowers, and rightly so. I, I think the guys tomorrow will sort of look ahead in terms of the team selection for Tottenham, uh, the Tottenham match, and, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be on the agenda. But Alex, that doesn't wrap City's Champions League campaign up yet. There's still one more game to go against uh, Red Star Belgrade in Belgrade, but. The, the best part about that game and the win yesterday, even though City only needed a point, was that it, it confirmed City as group leaders. And after that Belgrade game on this show, we'll sort of, we'll take a, 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 a we'll do a review of the Champions League, looking ahead to who City might get sort of going into the next round. But do you think you've seen enough in this year's competition from City to suggest that they can go back to back? Obviously, I think Real Madrid are the only team who have, have managed to retain the Champions League since it, it reformed in 1992. Or do you think nights like that show there are a few fragilities for City, and maybe last season there has been, you know, this season there has been a drop off from last season in the Champions League at least. Um, I think it definitely shows adaptation. Um, there's a few players from last season, big players that we're not, we obviously don't have anymore, and the likes of Gundogan, KDB. Um, I would like to say it's still early for me to really say we're we going to go back to back because we have that one big injury, which is Kevin De Bruyne. But of course. With, with with what we've been seeing, with what we've seen, with the players that we have, I could easily and happily say, of course, bias aside, I do think we're going to go back to back. Um, I think we've shown that no matter what, we're a team that we don't really rely on one person. Um, we are a team that we can get the job done with all the people around us. We don't really mind if our star player goes or if our star goalkeeper goes or whatever, whichever way it happens. We know how to get through, we know how to pull through. Um, the back to back situation now, I would say, yeah, I'd say we can do it. I don't really see who can stop us. Um, I don't ever, ever will think anyone can stop us. I like to go triple back to back if that's the case. But um, yeah, on the on the normal side, I do think we can go back to back as long as we all keep our heads together. Because of course, like you said, from the first half performance yesterday, it was kind of like we were, we kind of had this whole the job's done kind of attitude, you know, relaxation. We were very much that walking, walking on the pitch with that swag as if, yeah, we're the best. We're here to play. We're just here to have a laugh kind of thing. But um, apart from that, I feel like if we really, really keep our heads up like we always do and keep the seriousness up, yeah, honestly, we can't go back to back. Yeah, I like that. I like that because I, one moment I saw from the from the game, and I'm not quite sure, you know, if the cameras picked this up, but I think City were two one or two nil down at the time. Erling Haaland tracks back 55 yards to try and win the ball. I, I can't remember if he gave it away, and and there was something that happened. I think he went out for a corner, and and the look on his face was was incredible. You know, he was furious at his teammates. And, you know, that that's in a it wasn't a dead rubber. City so had to get a result, but it's in a game that you know the meaningless has dropped down a little bit. So I do think that hungers in the squad and and. Alex, you've, you've made a great point and I'll throw it over to Ollie now in terms of Kevin De Bruyne is the sort of the the, sh- the elephant in the in the city room so far this season. His absence, first game of the season against Burnley, you know, we're thinking at that point, D and me, how can we adapt? How can we cope? Well, Julian Alves has come forward. Phil Foden's having the time of his life. Jeremy Doku is, you know, tearing stuff to shreds every time he gets the ball or at least, you know, he's looking like he can tear it to shreds. Um, do you think 
going into sort of, again, like I said, we'll review the Champions League and, and in the new year, the knockout games will come. City might look a completely different team then. But do you think these Champions League games have sort of given Guardiola a, a chance to... Because obviously, you know, the group stages, they, they can be a little bit of a walk in the park for City, especially the group we got this this time around. But has it given him that chance to maybe experiment with Alvarez and then it's replicating into the Premier League? Or do you still think, it, in your heart of hearts, and obviously it's going to be the case, it's Kevin De Bruyne, but do you still think City need him there to reach those levels that we saw last season? In a two-legged tie, yes. In the two-legged tie, you need Kevin De Bruyne okay. because he can. Yeah, the way the way I always see it with Kevin is he turns up in the big, big games away from home just as much. You know, you look at the t- you look at the games we've played against Real Madrid in recent years. You know, not not just the one, uh, not last season, but the season before where we got knocked out in the semi-finals. But go back to nineteen twenty at the Bernabeu, who turned that game on its head after we went one nil down. You know, in one of City's worst seasons under Guardiola. Kevin De Bruyne, he ran that game on his own, in, and that was kind of the debut of the false nine, um, which kind of paved the way for the next few years. His performance at the Bernabeu last season, just the guy just turns up in the big moments. He delivers the big, big performances, and I think that's the role we're going to see him in when he comes back. We're not, I don't think we can. We we've said it before on this podcast. But we're not sure whether he's going to be the most reliable player in terms of availability and fitness. But if we can save his energy and save his legs for those big games, you know, I'm thinking Anfield away late in the running. I'm thinking, you know, whoever we're getting in a potential Champions League knockout, whether it's round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, because there could be some big games along the whole stretch at this rate. Um, he's going to be crucial for all of them, you know, because... Guardiola's way of going through these two-legged ties is, you know, keep it tight away from home and then, you know, City can deliver a knockout blow at the Etihad. If it goes that way where the home leg is second, I think it puts City in the in the driving seat for the Champions League to go back-to-back um, if we can keep people fit. You know, if, if Kevin comes back and he's immediately played and then his hamstring goes again or he gets an ankle injury or he gets a knee injury or something, then it's going to be a much bigger ass. Mm. But, you know, adding Kevin De Bruyne back into this team that's you know I don't want to use the cliche but I'm going to use the cliche it will feel like a new signing almost especially with the problems we've had in midfield this year the almost sometimes the lack of goals the lack of assists we've had in midfield you know Kevin brings a completely different kind of creativity that very very few players in the world if anyone can actually replicate um and we'll have someone else wearing the captain's armband so I just think he'll it'll just kind of add a different dimension to this side you know I think almost, I think there might be an interesting comparison in that in you know the way that Carl Walker goes about his game is a little bit more chaotic at times. He's a bit more kind of he's he's got a shorter fuse, and you can see that in the way City have played this season. You know, with Doku out on the wing, you know, City are they're a much more chaotic side at times, and that might be self inflicted with all the injuries, or it might be an actual game plan. But Kevin De Bruyne is going to come in and he's going to bring that sense of control, that sense of you know. We're actually very, very good. We know what we're doing here. We don't need to panic. We don't need to rush. We can just calm it down and deliver. Um, and I think that's what and I think that's what adding someone like Kevin De Bruyne into the side is going to do. I think the the one thing City need is they need to get a run of games with a relatively fully fit squad. And it looks like we're going to get that pretty soon, excluding Kev. Um, you know, I think once we get John Stones back, once we get Kovacic back, once we get Nunes back and all these guys are available again, then City become a different prospect from the last couple of weeks. Um, because it does add something. It, when you've got the chance to actually rotate your team, you know, we haven't had that these last two games. You know, we came into that Liverpool game exhausted, and then, they had, and then most of those players had to go again 
in this game um, against Leipzig. You know, and it's probably going to be the same for this weekend against Spurs. You know, they're going to have to go, a lot of these players are going to have to go again. And that's not what Pep wants to do. He, the sports scientists are going to be screaming in his face. You know, you've got, you've got to, you've got to find ways to rest some of these players, but um, we don't have the numbers at the moment. So it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we know what City are like. We know, we we know in three, four months' time they're going to be in one of those ten, fifteen game winning streaks. We know they're going to be charging towards another title because that's what City do. It's just, it's just what we do, and it's just, it's yeah. just waiting for that moment to start. We're not quite there yet, but I don't think we're too far away from it. Any team's going to miss Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, we've got that problem to come when he retires. But Alex, uh, just before we go to the break, I don't know if you saw it over last weekend when he was in Abu Dhabi. He looks like he's actually quite enjoying the time off. There was a few photos with um, Ronaldo Nazario, you know, the the OG Ronaldo. I think Maria Sharapova was in there as well. And he's doing TikTok dances. You know, he, he looks like he's he's fresh and he looks like he's rested. And, and that can only be a benefit to City when he does come back in the new year. Yeah, like like Oli said, it genuinely would might feel like a new sign. He got his new teeth now. He's got his hairs growing out now. Got a whole new outfit. He looks like a new man. I'm happy. I'm happy and excited, and I, and I can't wait for him to come back because I feel like like the game against Liverpool, we were lacking that killer. We're really lacking that one killer to just come and just say bang. All right, give me the ball. I'm hitting it. Hey, if man, that kind of situation and. Yeah, let's see how he comes back. And I hope he's taking care of his body, honestly. I hope he has. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, he's looking fresh. He's looking good. He's got the hair as well. I mean, I'm excited for it. Hopefully that he can come back and obviously help City to another Champions League title, Alex said, back-to-back. So it, it has to be happening. But um, that'll do, guys, for part one. Stay exactly where you are. We'll be back in a moment for part two. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm joined by Ollie and Alex. We are officially turning attention to the Tottenham game at the weekend. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that now. Alex, um, what have you made of Tottenham this season? Because they've been an interesting team. They obviously started really well. They were on the front four. They look like, you know, they whisper it. People were saying they might be title challengers. Um, they, certainly won, they certainly won the league back in August, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be in that conversation going forward. They've had three defeats in the Premier League on the trot and I think all three of those games have been a little bit chaotic at times this looked like it was going to be a difficult game for City two, three, four weeks ago do you still think it will be? I had a very good start to the season Madison of course come in and really just putting everything on his back and saying you know what give me everything I'll take everything on and I'll control everything he's been perfect um, I'm really liking that Saar in the midfield I'm really liking him he's probably been one of my favorite players for Tottenham this season starting Basuma of course finding his feet again um yeah they've they've, they've got a good squad they've been playing good this mm-hmm. season good football like you said they've had a bit of a downfall um you could say that's because of injuries you could say that's because of suspensions whichever one but apart from that yeah they've been, they've been pretty good they've been pretty good yeah the, the, it has certainly been a mixed start to season I think it's safe to say um 
go back to sort of some of the performances early on in the season and, and they were looking a little bit like Arsenal did last year where they were they were just they were looking they were looking freed and I guess when you've had Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho and, and all sorts of Nuno Espirito Santo sort of managing the team and obviously Harry Kane as well he left it it felt like they'd, they'd had a, this sort of this this sort of weight off the back lifted um Ollie then uh, what have you made of the last three Tottenham performances in particular, the games they've been defeated in, because I think, you know, most people would put that Chelsea one down as uh one off, a complete anomaly, crazy game, blah, blah, blah. They were then, what, 10 minutes away from beating Wolverhampton Wanderers at Molyneux. That would have sort of set them back on course. Another crazy 10 minutes. They they sort of concede two in, in quick succession. And then they get put to the sword by Aston Villa, although they did have three goals ruled out for offside in that game as well. Has it been just a streak of unluckiness or is there still sort of maybe some underlying issues that, that Tottenham have that you know City can look to exploit on Sunday? I think Tottenham went from an over-reliance on Harry Kane to an immediate reliance, not over-reliance, but reliance on James Madison uh, for, the, for the creativity that he brings to midfield. Then James Madison goes down with injury. And, you know, it's it's not dis- uncomparable to City, you know, how we lose Kevin De Bruyne and then it's like, OK, we have to readjust. But Tottenham don't have the players to readjust the squad so they can replace that creativity in one or two adjustments. Um, you know, my early prediction for the season of Ange Postacoglu getting sacked within six months and then beating Spurs at another club um, by the end of the season <laughs> isn't going to come true anymore, I don't think. But... I, I think this is what I expect of Ange Postecoglou. Having watched his Celtic side for two years, he was all his teams have always been kind of capable of going through a little unlucky streak, going through a rough patch, and then coming out of them just fine. Because that's just the nature of his football. You know, it's a more it's a chaotic style. It's a fun style to watch, um, which for the Tottenham fans has been amazing. You know, after you you just said three years of incredibly defensive football, if not longer. Um, having a man come in who's just so unashamedly positive, unashamedly optimistic, and his football plays like that, and his players seem happier, and it just brings a boost to the place. But ultimately, the honeymoon ends, and I think Tottenham are now they're in that kind of rough period where they've just got to fight for results, and they're and they're not fighters yet. They're a good team, they're a fun team, but they're not, but they don't have that killer spirit yet. Um, I think an Arsenal comparison is very good again, but I think they're they're where Arsenal were two years ago when they finished fifth. Um, when they should have finished fourth. That's kind of what, where Spurs are for me at the moment. They they can take it to the big boys, but they can't just they can't really consistently get over the line yet. Um but you feel, you know, if they get a new striker in, you feel if they add a couple of quality additions, build out that squad, then they could be a force to come with. But right now, you know, those results are damaging. You know, you can't be losing to Wolves, you can't be losing to Aston Villa in the manner they did. You know, I, I still want to write off that Chelsea game as as, as an anomaly because, you know, going down to nine men is imp- near impossible for most teams. I think even City would struggle with nine and we've looked relatively comfortable with 10 at times. Um, but, you know, that Aston Villa game was just, you're just watching it thinking, what is going on here? You know, how how is this consistently happening to a club like Spurs? Because they, they see, it always seems to be them in moments like that. They just can never mm. fully get over there. You know, fully get past their kind of spursiness. You know, there isn't another word for it. It's, it's just spursiness. In the point. dictionary, isn't it? It's in the dictionary. So, you know, um, and, you, and, you, and you're thinking, oh, may, oh, now Harry Kane's gone. Okay, that'll maybe take some of the pressure away because obviously he's worked with a lot of pressure on his back over the last few years, you know, carrying that team through a dark period. 
Um, but now they've got to get through with that James Madison. They've got to get it. You know, we were talking before this podcast, they've got an 11 of injured players and it wouldn't be that bad an mm-hmm. 11 to play in the Premier League. You know, it's a very, very, very long injury list and it's some big names. You know, they're, they're going to be hoping that that Hyunmin Songul comes in early and City lose their heads as they usually do against Spurs. You know, you can write your bat, mm-hmm. you can write your accumulators out now. Um, but I just, it, it just feels prepped to be another spicy game because that's what Spurs are good at this season. They're good at delivering spicy games and City don't look 100%. They, they, you know, they don't have the players mm-hmm. to be completely controlling of a game. I think it could be a really interesting one. Now I've said that it's 1-0, Hyung and Son scores within five minutes and City <laughs> defend for 85 minutes. Um, but you just, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I'm, just getting, I'm just getting all the jinxes in now so they don't count come Sunday. Yeah, it's respectable. I respect it. I'm I'm, I'm going to do my own little voodoo doll practice before the game and make sure that you know we're not that this time the Spurs game. You know, to be fair though, at the Etihad at times it does seem to go swimmingly for City. It's, it's away from home against Tottenham that could be the issue. Um, Alex, I just wanted to touch on, like I said, we've got another Tottenham preview coming tomorrow. The guys will go through the squad, sort of look at who plays after that game against Leipzig. But I just want to touch on the approach for City heading into this game because that Leipzig game booked a trend of City not winning matches and, and granted it it was small it was only two games in, in, in the Premier League that City hadn't won back to back but take that Leipzig game out you're going into this game and you're saying City haven't won the last two Premier League matches while you might say Tottenham are a tough opponent a draw could potentially still be a good result at the end of the season do you feel like City have to win just to get back on that winning trend at home as well. The Liverpool game, a good one. City's missed the chances. Fair enough. Shake hands, take a point. This one, though, feels a little bit different. It feels like City have to win it for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like we have to win it because of the people around us. I don't think Liverpool are slowing down. I don't think Arsenal are slowing down. And from United to Wayman to Everton, I feel like they really are very much hungry. So right now, of course, as being a champion, everyone's going to want to compare themselves to you. How's City doing? How's City doing that? How's City doing this? How's City doing that? So I would say going going into Sunday's game would be a, a, a must-win game. Just to put a stamp on it again and say, hey guys, we're still here. We're still the champions. We can still do this. Of course, playing against Tottenham, we all know how it goes. Like Oli said, could be a hungman son. <laughs> we, we don't know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I do think if we go into this game with our heads up, we win the game, we come out confidently, I think the 10, 15 games win streak might come earlier. Of course, like you said, without KDV being there, our main guy sometimes to really control the games down and really shut things down. I think with the lads we've got now, it, it, it'd be perfectly fine. I think we'll do good. Of course, they've got their injuries. Um, they've got quite a few, few big names like Antico, Madison, of course, Basuma, of course. So, they'll be coming into the game and they'll be thinking to themselves, mm, how are we going to do this here? Are we going to go for the draw? Are we just going to try to keep it simple away from home? But like you said, it's Tottenham. They've had very, very much ratted games this season. So I think City boys need to be ready for a, a blockbuster. Yeah, and that, that 4.30 kickoff um, time on a Sunday evening seems to deliver it. It's, 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 the, prime, it's the prime slot. I mean, everyone sit down with the, with the snacks and the drinks because it, it does, yeah, it does, it does, it does deliver at times. Um, final question then, Ollie, you know, Alex he makes a great point it's time to go and make a statement I feel like I, I kind of felt that against Liverpool but at the same time a point against Liverpool is a good result I, I think they'll be the, the second at least, if City don't win the league I think they'll be the team that does it however Tottenham wounded animal yes I mean we can speak about the curse and, and that, you know, kind of does seem to be a fans thing, but we have seen it sort of seep into the players. It can it can make a difference. But Tottenham wounded animal, go out there, 
Three 0 win. I think. I think we'd all. I think we'd all take that, wouldn't we, Ali? Honestly, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree. This this needs to be a must win for City now. You know, I, I said that against Chelsea, and then it became a four four insane game. And then because of that, because of that draw, you say right, Liverpool. We actually need to be beating them here to you know keep this title challenge going and extend the gap at the top of the table. And, you know, on reflection, you take a point against Liverpool, but you're still thinking, right, we still need to get this big, big win. We haven't really had one since the derby. And the derby is the biggest win for the fans. It is a huge win, but you need to be beating more of the teams around you. And City struggled at doing that last season, I think, at times, especially away from home. Um, Their away record against, what is it, the top nine? They only won one and it was against Arsenal, Um, (laughs) which just kind of says it all, really. Um, so they need to get a win here. And for me personally, you know, it's it's an English team versus an Australian. That's an added la- layer that applies pretty much only to me. Um, but, you know, I, I, re- I do like it when, uh, you know, I, whether, either a City team or an England team beat Australians because it's just the nicest feeling uh, in sport. <laughs> uh, I just had to get that in there. They'll, they'll come for you, Ollie. They'll they, come they, for you. They, We've they, got they, plenty they of Australian listeners. They'll come for you. They will. They will but frankly, you know, just focus on your cheating cricketers or whatever or whatever it is you're doing um there you go there's there's your controversy that you come to this podcast for um but ultimately yes yeah, city needs yeah. to be, city needs to be winning this game i'd like it to be comfortable i don't think it's going to be but you know i think it's it's one of those where i want to see a fast start from city we haven't really seen one in a, in a couple of in a few games you know they need to come out the blocks firing get a goal or two in early you know city city are good at doing that we've got the players to do that we did it a lot last season um, yes, of course, we had Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne, who were masters at you know putting a game plan like that together. But there are good players in this team who need to say, right, okay, we're not top of the table at the moment. We need to get back there. We need to start winning these big games. We need to put the pressure on these teams around us. And Spurs are one of them. And you know, Spurs used to be the experts mm-hmm. at putting the pressure, and we've got to pile it on them early. Um, we've really, mm-hmm. really, I think you know we're all saying it's got to be a statement winner it's got to be it's got to be a statement performance as well i don't think city can afford a narrative of stodgy performance but they're getting the job done you know because that'll seep that seeps into the players as well and it's you know then players are get getting in ruts and then almost standards become a little bit lower you know you don't want to see that from a city team you want to see city being that team that's always stands up always puts in 100 percent. because i don't think we've seen that over 90 minutes for a few games now from a lot of players um so they need to Mm -hmm. almost re-energize themselves you know see this as a chance to what you know start this start a winning streak really um as, as Alex was saying, you know, maybe this 15-game winning streak can come over Christmas. I'd be amazed if it does because of how the schedule falls at this time of year. But it wouldn't. It would be a great feeling for the fans if you know we could start putting together that streak, and then we have some confidence going into the new year. And then when the cup competitions come back in January, and then in February with the Champions League knockouts, so this is a brand new confident team. Kevin De Bruyne is back, hopefully playing well. You know, hopefully the injuries have subsided. It could all start here. It could. Re- it really could all start mm. here. Um, that's an ex- absurdly positive spin for it, but um, and it's probably <laughs> and it's all going to come crashing down when Hyung Min Song turns Ruben Diaz inside out and just plops oh, it past Edison. Yeah. But until that happens, I'm staying positive for now. Yes, so am I. I'm following Oli. I'm following his footsteps. I'm staying positive as well. Love that, love that Thursday feeling for you guys. Um, positivity all around, that's what you come to this show for. Um, I think we'll call it a day there. Alex, thank you very much. We'll be hearing more from you, but it's an absolute pleasure to be joined by you. Thank you, thank you for coming. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you for having me on. 
Ollie, more than a regular, as always, and um, a little bit out of character with that positivity at the I end. Know. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe more of that to come. Maybe more of that. It's Christmas, isn't it? And that, that's what I'm yeah. putting it down to. A festive feeling, get me a Bailey's hot chocolate and a Christmas movie and a blanket, and I'm sorted. There we go. There we go. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, listeners, thank you very much for listening. Just a little bit admin. Um, Spotify Rats, I'm starting to see them pop up. If you have been listening throughout the year, make sure you tag us in them. It's always great to see. But guys, that'll do for today. Until next time, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.